You're listening to a Sin Media podcast. Previously heard live on Sin 90.7. You're listening to the weekly wrap on Sin 90.7 with Salim Farah, Sarah Booth, and Bethany Hayes. On today's show, we celebrate Hannah Gadsby's return to comedy, review The Sinner ahead of the new season, and we find out why Bethany is glad her week is over. As always, we'll take you through the headlines of the week. A woman has died after a suspected hit and run in Mildura at 11pm last night. The woman was treated by paramedics and the CFA before she died at the scene. The circumstances of the crash and the vehicle involved still remain unclear. The New South Wales government will today launch an audit of the state medical record archives. This follows after more than 1,000 confidential patient documents were found left in an abandoned building south of Sydney. A female prison guard has been charged with an alleged affair with an inmate at Kempsey Jail. The woman has been suspended by Corrective Services New South Wales and granted strict conditional bail. Two men are fighting for their life after a stabbing in a West Sydney home. The men were rushed to the Westmead Hospital and remained there in a critical condition. A suspected Russian spy was employed for more than a decade at the US Embassy in Moscow before being fired last year, a senior administration officer official has revealed. The security office found the woman was having frequent unauthorised meetings with the Russian intelligence service, the FSB. However, the woman is not thought to have had access to highly classified information before her dismissal in January 2017. Yesterday, police arrested 17 people as part of their criminal investigations into Labor's Rorts for Votes scheme. Sarah will have all the details on this later in the program. Police have launched a public appeal to help find an 11-year-old Melbourne boy who has been missing for two days. The boy was last seen in a Frankston shopping centre southeast of Melbourne. And a 14-month girl has been mauled to death by a family dog in Neerham Junction, Gippsland. Paramedics spent two hours treating the girl before she died at the scene. The dog was put down by a local council yesterday. That's all your news headlines and now we have Celine Farah for entertainment. Thanks, Bethany. Pop star Demi Lovato remains in hospital due to side effects following her suspected overdose last week. Following the death of chef Anthony Bourdain, his signature show Parts Unknown will carry on his legacy with one final season. Actor Ed Westwick will not be prosecuted for sexual assault allegations made against him last year. In her new documentary trailer, 31-year-old singer Kesha says her latest record Rainbow helped save her life. Rapper Travis Scott is under fire after removing transgender model Amanda Lepore from the Astroworld album art. Meghan Markle's father does yet another interview accusing his daughter and the royal family of cutting off connections. British singer Harry Styles and Victoria's Secret model Camille Rowe have reportedly called it quits earlier this month after being together for a year. Pop star Taylor Swift has given free tickets to police and firefighters almost two weeks after Weymouth Police Officer Sergeant Michael Chesner's death. Rapper Cardi B has pulled out of the 24-carat Magic Tour with Bruno Mars to focus on the health and well-being of her newborn daughter. Keeping up with the Kardashian star Chloe has admitted she wanted a baby boy due to her close connection to sister Courtney's son Mason. And back home, Katy Perry has performed at a young Australian fan's house after she was unable to attend her concert due to undergoing emergency brain surgery. 
that's all for news in the entertainment world this week. And now to what's making headlines in sports with Sarah. Thanks, Celine. Forward Tom Lynch has announced he will be leaving the Gold Coast Suns to return to Melbourne and as a result has been stripped of his captaincy. The Saints' Nathan Freeman will finally get his AFL debut against the Bulldogs this Saturday night at Etihad Stadium. The 23-year-old was drafted at pick number 10 in 2013, but has been sidelined by countless injuries for the past five years. It's also good news for the Swans' Alex Johnson, who is set to play his first game in almost six years this Saturday night against Collingwood at the SCG. Johnson has undergone five knee reconstructions since his last game, the 2012 AFL Grand Final. Collingwood will have to face the Swans in the Saturday night clash without their key defender, Jeremy Howe, who endured a heavy hit against Richmond last round. His absence has made room for former American college basketballer Jack Madgen, who will play his first AFL game. And Hawthorne's assistant coach, Brett Radden, is leaving the Hawks at the end of the season to seek new opportunities. The Hockey Roos have advanced to the World Cup Finals in a sudden-death penalty shootout after the game ended nil-nil. And now to soccer, where the Matildas have beaten Japan 2-0 in their final tournament of Nations match. In the A-League, it looks like Brisbane Raw's midfield could have a new addition, with Fox Sports Australia reporting 34-year-old former Arsenal star Matthew Flamini is close to signing with the club. British Johanna Contana has beaten Serena Williams 6-1, 6-love at the Silicon Valley Classic in the worst defeat of Serena's career. This is the first time in Serena's professional career, which began back in 1995, where she has won just one game and an entire match. And to rugby, where on Wednesday night, a record five new immortals were announced by the NRL. Daly Messenger, Frank Burge, Dave Brown and Meninga and Norm Pravan. The decision to choose three players from the game's early days came as a surprise, but Meninga praised the panel and described his own selection as a very humbling experience. And that's all for sport. Now, guys, I don't know about you, but I find politics so difficult. I am constantly confused. I have no idea what's going on half the time. And luckily, we have Sarah here to help debunk it, to help, you know, clear up some myths for us and basically... Get me and Celine in the loop. Yes, please. <laughs> so, Sarah, what's been making news in the political world? Well, thanks for that intro, Bethany. Um, unfortunately, the news isn't uh, as great as that intro was just there. Bethany, Labor's Rorts for Votes scheme has been back in the headlines. Yesterday, police arrested 17 people as part of their criminal investigation into Labor's red shirt scheme. The scheme saw hundreds of thousands of taxpayer dollars misused in the lead-up to the 2004 state election. It is understood that field organisers were arrested. I must stress that no ministers or MPs from the Labor Party were arrested. A criminal investigation into the scheme was announced by police last Friday. This is the second time the police have looked into the matter. An earlier inquiry called Operation Peach folded as the scheme did not meet the threshold for a criminal investigation. However, police took another look following a request from the Victorian Coalition. Back in March, Ombudsman Deborah Glass concluded her investigation into the so-called Rorts for Votes scheme and released her report. 
Ms Glass found there was a well-organised campaign by the ALP to recruit and deploy full-time field organisers in the run-up to the 2014 Victorian state election. 21 full-time field organisers were employed part-time as electorate officers and paid around $388,000 from parliamentary funds. Okay, so what does this actually mean? So to translate what's happened, Labor campaigners, referred to as the Red Shirts, were paid a full-time salary from taxpayer funds. However, despite being paid a full-time salary, they only worked as electorate officers three days a week. The other two days, they were campaigning for Labor. So it's these two days where they were working for Labor, but being paid by the taxpayer, that's the issue. Ms Glass found 21 Labor MPs, 11 serving and 10 former, certified these payments to the electorate officers. She said these MPs who participated in the arrangement received little to no personal benefit from the scheme and they believed it was legitimate. She pointed the finger at former leader of the opposition in the Legislative Council, John Lenders, as the architect of the scheme. Following the Ombudsman report, Labor has repaid the money. And what's been the response to the police investigation and the arrests? Again, I must stress that no MPs or ministers were arrested in yesterday's raids. However, six of the 21 MPs implicated in the Ombudsman report are ministers. Following the announcement by police on Friday that they would be conducting an investigation, opposition leader Matthew Guy called for these six ministers to stand down. In a statement, he said... It would be unbelievable if Victoria's police minister and attorney general kept their jobs while being investigated by the Victoria Police. According to The Guardian, Victorian Labor's state secretary, Samuel Ray, laboured the dawn raids completely unnecessary. Ray told The Guardian the party had received a number of concerning reports about the raids, including that some of those questioned were told by Victorian police that they did not need legal representation during the interview process. So, Sarah, tell me about the consequences of this for Labor. So, even if the police find no evidence of criminal activity, this is still pretty bad news. There is a lot of public anger at the moment regarding politicians' misuse of taxpayer funds. And with an election coming up, this isn't the kind of publicity that makes for a good campaign. Victorians will be heading to the polls on November 24. Well, not long to go now. Thank you, Sarah. You're listening to the weekly wrap on Sin 90.7 with Sarah Booth, Celine Farah and Bethany Hayes. And there's been some really exciting news this week in Mm -hmm. terms of entertainment news, comedy news, and that is that the wonderful Hannah Gadsby is going to return to comedy. I know me and Bethany (laughs) were super excited when we heard this. We're so excited. We love her. So for those of you who might have missed the announcement, she announced that she was going to uh, stick with comedy. She wasn't Mm going to leave as she initially planned. Um, When she was on, she was on the Jimmy Fallon show um, this week and... Yeah, the reason that, I guess, her return is so big is because, well, she kind of, I guess, broke through, kind of, you know, obviously she's always, you know, being quite a successful comedian, but she's really, like, her profile has definitely risen since her show Nanette. And the reason that her return is, I guess, such big news is that Nanette was actually meant to be her final show. I know. Can you believe that? Here she is. She's making this show as her exit show only to get propelled back into the industry bigger and better than ever. I know, I At an international it. level as well. Exactly. Like, she hasn't just been breaking the comedy circuit. She hasn't just been making waves in the comedy circuit in Australia. Um, you know, the 
Vanity Fair called her groundbreaking, Rolling Stone, game-changing. Mm-hmm. New York Times labelled her a major new voice in comedy. So clearly she's made like a huge international impact. She really has. She really has. You can see it on Twitter as well. People people are going crazy for, the, for Nanette. I've talked to three people and all three of us cried afterwards. I yeah. know you two love it, don't you? Yes, I always yes, hear you talking do, about it. Celine, <laughs> so jump on board. Good. Yes, I'm going to have to. <laughs> so, yeah, so it was meant to be her final show. She told Jimmy Fallon, you know, I thought I'd drop a bomb and leave. It was a quitting show but the plans backfired and I think for people to understand for anyone out there who hasn't seen the net firstly go watch it uh, secondly <laughs> go to understand it. why we're so excited about her return I think we need to people need to understand kind of what a unique voice she is in comedy because of how original and how different Nanette so was different. To anything that we've ever seen before. Exactly. I feel like with comedy, we're kind of used to comedians often making, you know, some political references, some political jokes, and it almost becomes like a punchline. I find myself laughing at things that I know are politically incorrect, yeah. and you just you kind of roll with what's funny. And I know that's not necessarily how it should be, but you know, things things become they become so done that you're like, well, that's funny. I'm going to laugh now. This is not what Nanette is. This is this is exactly the opposite, I would say. Yeah, and she makes a really good point kind of about what you were just saying about how comedy, we just kind of things become punchlines mm-hmm. and even when we're talking about quite serious issues, we laugh them off so that like when you leave the show, which I mean, good com- we do need comedy where you can leave the we show do, when you're we not do. dissecting it and analysing it because one of the things about comedy is just looking for like, you know, a nice hour to just kind of just kick back, your relax and just laugh. Uh, but she makes a point about um, Monica Lewinsky and mm-hmm. how she became a punchline when she said, in reality, like, in wake of, like, you know, Me Too, we should be looking at that, that that was actually, like, a um, gross kind of abuse of power. It was an abuse and of power. And it shouldn't be a punchline. Exactly. Um, so that's kind of what she's getting at. And I guess Nanette, when it first starts off, I would say if anyone were to watch Nanette and they were to just watch, say, the first half an hour and then didn't watch, it's about an um, hour show. Yeah, it's on, yeah, it's it, on Netflix. Is it, like, more comedic, would you say, or is it more serious? So it starts off comedic it yeah, starts essentially off, comedic. I guess kind of like your typical comedy show and I don't mean that in saying that it's um you know nothing new like her mm-hmm. jokes are very funny and original she does I never would have thought I'd be laughing about art history <laughs> I know but you actually are she makes it work yeah and just her delivery as well her tone she can make anything sound yeah. funny mm-hmm. um so I guess the first half is in your way your typical comedy set where you're just kind of laughing along mm-hmm. um and she might be making she's still lo- uh, joking about serious things. I mean, she talks about uh, growing up in Tasmania when homosexuality was still illegal. Yeah, um, very serious things as yeah, well. Yeah, and it was just it was just horrible to hear like the impact that that had on her. But at the start of the show, she's only talking about it as oh, it was a f- it, you know here's a funny story that happened because of that. Like let's all laugh. But mm-hmm. then but halfway they, yeah, through it turns the f- into heavier topics. Halfway through say? the show. She just switches and she just turns yeah. comedy on its head. It is like a complete role reversal. I feel like people think as comedy, you know, as you do, it's a lighthearted thing. It's you're getting kind of almost instant gratification from mm-hmm. what they're saying. She uses tension so effectively and she really uses it and utilises it in the form of silence. These moments of silences that Hannah uses, it just you, it just lets the words and what she's been saying really impact you. You're like, whoa, you know what? That's not okay. You know, we found that funny for so long. But, you know, self-deprecation, she talks a lot about self-deprecating humour. 
it's actually kind of a vicious cycle. Exactly. And every time that you kind of, I mean, we all do, I make so many guilty, jokes at guilty. my own expense. <laughs> Same. Um, but I think is something that we forget is that when you make a joke at your own expense, other people who hear that joke who are kind of, I guess, similar to you, you're also making fun of them. Yeah, mm-hmm. whether so, you mean to or not. Yeah, so why you might so it's affecting others. Yeah, not like just you yourself. might be making a joke about, you know, something to do, say, with your appearance. And for you, it's fine because you're making the joke yeah. about yourself, so it's not offensive. But to somebody else who, like, looks just like you in that regard, mm-hmm. exactly. they're going to get hurt by that. Yeah, it's a roll-on effect. Yeah, and so I think yeah, she's just really, she's really kind of criticizes the way that we tell stories in comedy and the impact that it's had on her. And I guess it just. Yeah, it kind of gets her, which is why she says she's going to quit because she doesn't want to have this negative relationship anymore. I don't want to spoil anymore, <laughs> but basically it's just, it's really good. It's definitely different to any other comedy show I've seen if before. If you want something different, go for it. It's absolutely going to change, change the way you look at comedy even. So guys, we've been playing a little bit of Hot or Not with the week's news. Love it. <laughs> so, AFL rule changes, hot or not. Um, not because I actually don't know what the changes are. <laughs> um, I'm a really dedicated AFL fan. I can so tell. <laughs> I am definitely a not. Um, I'm oh, good, like, me too. <laughs> <laughs> not for the reasons, Bethany. Is just just leave the game alone. I'm with you, Sarah. I think it shouldn't be changed. Like when we have we're having constant rule changes, it just kind of yeah. takes Relax, away from the game people. we love. <laughs> yes. Okay, what about Lily Chin's resignation? I love Lily Chin so so much. (laughs) Um, That's an absolute not because we love her, but she herself is an absolute hot. Yeah, (laughs) I so agree. She's an icon, a style icon. Yes, I know. If Australia ever becomes like a republic, I want her to be our head of state. (laughs) Make it happen, absolutely. What about Coles's plastic bag backflip? Honestly, not because I'm so sick of hearing this. Exactly. (laughs) One day they're like. I can't even keep up. One day the indefinitely we can have free bags and then the next day you can't. Oh, and it's just, honestly, just make up your mind. what is happening? It's not that difficult. They mm-hmm. cost 15 cents. Just remember to bring your bags when you go to the shops. It's pretty yeah, simple. Yeah, exactly. Think 15 cents. of the wildlife. I'm yeah, with exactly. you. What about Think the MasterChef finale? I don't watch MasterChef. <laughs> <laughs> I don't watch it at all. I haven't watched it for so long. Me and neither. So maybe that's a collective not. Collective yes. not. I have, to be honest, like my only coverage of MasterChef has been through the tweets of uh, Adam Liao. Love He'll him. Just be, um, Season two winner, I think. Yeah, something like that. And he's just, he's like, oh, these contestants are so good. If I was on now, I wouldn't have won. <laughs> Absolutely. I just love his honesty. Oh, what about the new Harry Potter store? <gasps> In Harry Collingwood. Potter is so hot. Um, if Harry Potter is not hot, like, like if Harry Potter is not hot, I. I just don't understand the world. Me Harry too. Potter is hot. I thought you said not, and I thought we have to end our friendship. Like, hey, Beth, do you want to leave the room? Yeah. No, Harry Potter is just amazing. You're kicked off the show. Yes. No, Harry Potter <laughs> is a definite hot. Oh, Return of the Bachelor. The ads have started gracing our screens. Yes! I'm so excited. Um, That's a hot. Definitely I'd a say hot. it's a hot too. But Absolutely. I know me and Bethany have one thing that we've noticed before about the Bachelor ads that makes us... Not the actual show itself, but yeah, just not in the show itself. To the ads, just to make clear, we love the show. <laughs> <laughs> we adore the show. If you can't tell, <laughs> but we have noticed that there is a bit of a difference in the way the Bachelor and the Bachelorette is marketed with the ads. There actually Ooh, is. Like, take is take the lovely Georgia Love season. Mm-hmm. Her whole tagline is, "I've put my career first 
and now I've put that all aside. I'm ready to find love. <laughs> and then you look at other, like, Sophie Monk's season. Mm-hmm. The ads was all her. I think it was that song, like, I Need Somebody to Love or something. I can't mm. remember. But the point of the ad was her, like, walking around. She's, like, walking downtown or something. And she was really sad because she kept seeing all the couples together. Like, there was even, like, she saw two dogs, like, <laughs> <laughs> like licking each other. And she was like, oh, I'm all alone. Um, that was kind of the premise of the ad. And so the way that the ads for the women are, it's always like, oh, no, you're alone. And it kind of like... Oh, no, you, you put your career first. Yeah, it kind of perpetuates this idea that, like, a woman's life, like... Woman's life, like is it's incomplete. Just, yeah, it's incomplete until she, like, finds finds a guy. But, but the ads, for, like, we look at the ads for the latest season of The Bachelor. And yes. it's more just kind of like a... They don't have, I guess, that kind of... um. Like the desperation yeah, that the other like do, and I'm not criticizing that. I'm not saying that, um, like George Love or Sophie Michael desperate. I'm not saying that at all. But we I'm love saying that we're in, not saying. Yeah, that. I'm a huge fan. <laughs> I'm saying in the way that the ads was making it seem like that. You know, if that they absolutely had to find love and that it's super tragic that they haven't already. I know, and they almost made it seem like a choice. They're like, I've chosen my career. Now I've put that aside so I can choose a man. <laughs> I know, <laughs> but with them ads for the men, it's almost like men can have it all. Exactly. Kind of so... Take um, Richie's season. I believe the song was Shut Up and Dance With Me. Well, <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. just dancing through life and, you know, that's not the case for all of us. <sighs> yeah, oh. so that is definitely, that's the one kind of bone to pick I have with the return of The Bachelor, but Everything else is really hot. Not gonna lie, very excited. Yeah. (laughs) Well, uh, next up, we're gonna hear from Bethany why she's glad her week is over. Get excited, guys! guys. Want to stay tuned for this? (laughs) It made my morning. (laughs) It didn't make mine. (laughs) Sorry, Beth. You're listening to Sin ninety point seven. It's the weekly wrap, and guys, you'll never guess what happened to me the other day. In fact, it's it's pretty bad. Like it makes me glad this week is over. So picture this. I am catching up on many a message because I have my phone on do not disturb overnight so I can get some good sleep. Rookie error. (laughs) So um, the content of these messages, like I was just feeling a little bit of secondhand outrage for one of my friends. I was like, no, and I fling my arms up in anger for her and my phone goes sliding out of my hands and I'm like, relax, it's fine. I've thrown this phone on the ground too many times. Same, sometimes I feel like they're indestructible. Bethany wasn't. But like, um, clearly. No, I picked it up, smashed everywhere. And like, I feel like the weight of this like didn't really affect me. I was like laughing. I was like, oh, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> you were not laughing. I, I there was, was there. <laughs> I can vouch for this. There I was, was a the bit of a laughing. Laugh. I think Maybe. there was a bit of... Um... It was either laughing or like nearly crying. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was that kind of thing where like you're laughing, but so inside. So did you like see the phone straight away cracked or did you have to like um, reveal it? And... Actually, I can't quite remember it, Sarah. No, because it didn't. So traumatic. <laughs> <laughs> I've blocked it out. I've repressed the memory. <laughs> I just remember you picking it up and you were just like, oh, no. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I was I was quite upset. And also, I had a screen protector. It was only a plastic one, though. It did nothing. So, you know, that was, that was great. So I go into uni and I was like, right, I am so not funny. getting glass in my thumb. I'm getting it replaced straight away. So I spent $100 and got this screen replaced, as you do when you're me and you don't want a broken screen. And another thing that makes me extremely (laughs) happy that, you know, this week is ending, to say the least, is I was in the car yesterday and I turned the ignition on, put the car in reverse, and then I decide, actually, no, I'm going to put it in drive. I'm going to go up a little bit before I reverse out my driveway. 
the car just goes, it just turns itself off mid midway I'm in the car we start going backwards but the car is off looking out my life flashes before my eyes and it turns out the accelerate the accelerator band or something like that I'm like the least car like, yes. person is broken honest, none of us know anything about cars <laughs> so you know that was like very scary and oh all gosh. I can say is cheers to the weekend <laughs> look at least at least like you your car kind of malfunctioned in your driveway very true I remember literally the first day I got my license I was like, oh, I can now drive places. How exciting. <laughs> I went to like a supermarket. I can't remember. As you why. do, to get some chocolate. Getting some chocolate, probably knowing me. Um, and <laughs> right in the middle of the car park, I like didn't turn my car, I didn't turn the key like all the way. Yeah. So the Only engine part of didn't the way. turn on, just the radio oh. turned on. And I didn't realize this. And your car's meant to like lock and not move when you do that. But I don't know. Oh, gosh. My car's like a bit. A bit not there. Um, a bit dodgy. Um, and so it let me move into reverse. So I like rolled out, and then when I changed it into drive to try and drive off, it just locked on me. Like the wheels How wouldn't move. How scary is that? Uh, steering wheel wouldn't move, and it would have been fine except for the fact that I was blocking the entire car park, and I had oh like five gosh. or six cars backed up on either side, like looking at me, like, what are you doing? And I was just panicking and I was trying to move my car, but it just wouldn't move. I was like pressing my foot down on the accelerator and I was like, it's not moving. The steering wheel wouldn't move. It had locked. Um, and I was like, I'll oh, just turn the car on again and off again. <laughs> As you do. Yeah. Um, and I turned out I'd never turned it on in the first oh, place. Gosh. So thank you for that story. Happen. It makes me feel better. Yeah. <laughs> I have, I think, probably even worse. Oh my god, Celine, give it to us. So it was probably like my second or first time learning how to drive. And I'm with my dad because mum refuses to drive with me. <laughs> Doesn't every single oh, mum have I a know. Okay, like I thought it was just my mum. But or if she's <laughs> in there, she's like holding onto the handrail. Yes. Right? Holding on for dear life. I feel like it's always the dad that takes you. Like yep. He's a bit more like, yep, okay. <laughs> anyway, I'm driving down the street and like, I think I'm going to be fine, but then... I don't know why I get so worked up over a speed bump. <laughs> like, I, I, That's 20 kilometres an hour. Celine Farrah, I'm just, done by a speed bump. Obviously, you just go over a speed bump, and I was like, oh, Dad, what do I do? Like, how do I go over, go over this thing? And, like, I kind of went, like, to the left of it. And I think, like, I didn't look Driving back. around the speed bump. <laughs> but according to my dad, I kind of took out a sign and, like, oh. it spun around. And like, I'm not sure if it's still down, but, but oh, it was just horrific and I stopped driving for a while after that but oh, doesn't every oh. learner driver do that though you I have go to a traumatic event and then you go never That's driving enough. again but I can go over speed bumps now so <laughs> progress we are making progress here yeah now I am so excited guys because this week, season two of The Sinner oh, dropped. I love that show. And if you need a new crime show I to do. binge watch. <laughs> no, Beth, you have to watch this yeah, show. Like, there is no better show. It is amazing. So season two's dropped, like, like I said, it's dropping this mm-hmm. week. But um, I think it, it, has it dropped? Yeah, I think the I think, first yeah. episode's come out. But um, it's they're kind of like separate. It's separate to season one. Yeah, it's a totally different story, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh my God, Celine, how good was season one? Oh, I want to rewatch that, I honestly. Know. I think I'll probably go home <laughs> yeah. and rewatch it and tonight. And then season two. two yeah. So, Bethany, to kind of tell you why. Please tell me about it. Why this show is so special. So, basically, what I really love about this, sh- um, this crime show is that it's different to other shows in, like, you know how... The typical crime show is like the Who Done It, right? Mm-hmm. The classic Who Done It. Yeah. Whereas this, you start off knowing 
Oh, like, that's exactly what I love. Yeah, it's a why did they do it? Yes. So season one Ooh. is about this mother, and she's at the beach with her family. Like she's like with her little um, Todd, like yeah, toddler yeah. Um, husband. Yeah, and they're um, she's carving an apple. Like oh, I think she's like oh, cutting up an apple. Why you say this? And she's like <laughs> cutting up an apple for her son. And there's this young couple, just wanting this gets a little bit, like, graphic for anyone who's <laughs> like this. Um, there's a young couple, like, um, near them, and they're being, like, a bit, like, you know, too much PDA. Um, <laughs> and they're playing loud music, and suddenly the mother just snaps. She just flips, like... It's so scary. It's so freaky. And she stabs um, the, the guy. this young man yeah. who she doesn't know who he is. She's never, Whoa. like, interacted with before. She stabs him, like, multiple times and he dies right there and then on the beach. And then she has, like, no memory of it and she so obviously, like, gets arrested straight away because there's heaps of witnesses. Mm. But the story is kind of about, um, you know, one detective is like, oh, well, it's a close case. She clearly did it. But the other detective is like, but why? She has no motive. She's never she met him no before. Idea. It wasn't a planned no attack. Has, it no was one has spontaneous. Any idea. Yeah. Um, Whoa, all over a PDA. Like, relax. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you're kind of thinking. Like, what's like, what's up with this yeah, girl? Yeah, that's like, when I first thought. I was like, yeah. is there something to do with that? Like, like was, was your, that an ex-boyfriend or something? Yeah. But like, it's no. Not. So, Whoa. But yeah, you can't, we can't really say no, anymore no about giving yeah. spoilers. But basically, it's just really interesting because like the... um. She has a really interesting backstory. Mm. Like her, it kind of goes back to her relationship with her family when she was growing up. She grew up in a very uh, family that was like very, religious. very religious. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but kind of like I guess to a like an extreme. Like she didn't I guess have kind of the typical upbringing that most mm. American children oh, would have. It was very, like, very, very crazy. Like um, and very weird yeah um and so it kind of looks back on that and it's just yeah the show is just all about figuring out like why the hell would a young mother just snap like that honestly i can't rate this show highly enough like, like yeah i did not see it coming at all it is so like it's nothing you could have predicted it's so well written the acting is amazing given how good is like, jessica biel oh honestly. my gosh she's I'm amazing kind of she's not in this one but, I know. but oh she was so so good yeah so i'm really excited for the second season yeah. it's um obviously it's like a completely new case because that's what good is what is good about this mm-hmm. show is that it's not one of those shows that just keeps going on and on and on it wraps up how many episodes is there like i reckon like six, yeah eight, seven eight like seven, eight, not maybe. a Lot, so you could honestly yeah. watch it in like a night. Like yeah, I'm pretty sure I watched it in like two days. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect amount. Yeah. Yeah, it's the kind of show you have to binge. Um, but yeah, so season two, um, it's about a new case. I think it's about, um, I haven't watched it yet, but apparently it's about, it's a bit disturbing. It's about, um, uh, so it's the same detective and the case that he's looking at this time is um, parents who were murdered by their 11-year-old son with no apparent motive so it's kind of oh so it's the same so i think it's the same kind of no reasoning yeah like we already (laughs) know who did it it's why they did which is like what sets this show apart from other crime shows 100 percent. so i'm excited for this season i think i'll be good wow you've like already sold me so guys this week has been a killer especially um so can you guys like help us out? What are some ways we can survive next week? Well, I reckon a cheese toasty festival would be a definite Yum. experience. Like 
actually amazing. So the Welcome to Thornbury Food Truck Park is hosting one of these festivals this Saturday and Sunday. That's August 4 and August 5. And it has, has sorry, a huge selection of toasties. We're talking cheese toasties, vegetarian toasties, Turkish toasties. <sighs> Sweet toasties for dessert. Any toasties. That kind of thing. <laughs> and they also cater for anyone gluten-free and vegan toasty options are also available. So sounds delicious. Entry is free as always. And babies and your fairy dog friends are also welcome. So quite frankly, what more could you want? Chocolate is what more <laughs> you could want. And I've got the festival for you continuing along with the theme. I've managed to find a hot chocolate festival, guys. Yum. Get this. So it expands over the whole month for August. 31 flavours for the 31 days of August. Oh my God, 31 flavours. I'm talking French cookies and cream, triple chocolate brownie, white chocolate and mint madness. Like this sounds like a dream. It is a dream. (laughs) (laughs) And so if you would like to try out some of these hot chocolates, um, it will be at the Yarra Valley and the Great Ocean Road uh, Chocolate Tears. Uh, throughout this month. Yum. Well, so this Saturday, so August the 4th, but also on August the 19th, there's the Melbourne International Film Festival. And on this Saturday, it's Nicholas Winding Refn's 2011 film Drive, starring Ryan Gosling, Brian Cranston and Kerry Mulligan. I absolutely love this film. It's so, so good. But I think what makes it even better is the amazing soundtrack so it's kind of like an 80s synth pop inspired soundtrack so good and at the festival musicians will actually perform one-off versions of the famous soundtrack so it's so so cool like live accompaniment yeah 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 with the film so i reckon that'd be awesome and the performance takes place at the regent theater yeah i would definitely love to go to that well unfortunately we've come to the end of our show Uh, But if you liked what you heard, please check out our socials. We're on Facebook, uh, Twitter and Instagram. That's the one I'm always forgetting. (laughs) Uh, You can find us at Weekly Rap S-Y-N. You've been listening to a Sin Media Podcast. Previously heard live on Sin 90.7.